Hi, I'm Will, and welcome to the World Class Podcast. In this episode, to coincide with Mental Health Awareness Week, Joe Harris, our Associate Director of Student Experience, chats to Jennifer from Talk Campus and Georgina from the University of London Student Experience team. Talk Campus is an app-based peer support network for students to give and receive mental health support. Registered students can find more information on downloading and using the app in the student portal at my.london.ac.uk. Enjoy! to be uh, joined by two esteemed colleagues today working in the field of health, well-being, student support and development. Jennifer is a clinical director of Talk Campus and also a trained counsellor. Our students, I'm sure, will be aware of the Talk Campus app that we offer for free at the point of use to them, uh, providing 24-7 peer-led online mental health and well-being support 365 days a year. And Georgina is our student experience manager who leads on mental health and wellbeing support for our distance and flexible learning students. Welcome to you both. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jo. This podcast, um, I'm going to be interviewing you both, and it's part of the series to support Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, I know the worldwide pandemic, it's obviously it affects us all, and it's easy to assume that those who work in health and professions haven't sort of struggled over the last year. Can I ask you, Jennifer, how has the pandemic em- impacted on your well-being and how have you cared for yourself and those around you? Gosh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, working in the mental health field definitely doesn't make you immune to struggling. Uh, and I think sometimes it actually makes it really hard to follow your own advice. But for me, I mean, it's been incredibly tough at times, as it has for everybody. I've got two young kids um, you know, my youngest was was two months old when we went into lockdown. I'm a working mum, juggling everything with pretty much zero support has been very, very challenging. And there's times where my mental well-being has definitely taken a hit. Um, and in terms of kind of how I've cared for myself, you know, the best I can, I've practiced all of the self-care tips that I would uh, suggest to anybody trying to eat healthy, keep active, um, make time for yourself, but also on the flip side, just giving yourself a break. And if if you're not able to practice what you preach um, and you're not practicing the best self-care, just not to beat yourself up. Um, there's definitely times where I wasn't coping as well as I would have hoped. Um, but I think just being really gentle and kind and forgiving to both yourself, but also everyone around you, because everyone is struggling everyone has been faced with something that's completely thrown us all it's completely unique and really we've just had to take each day as it comes yeah i hear you as somebody with care and responsibilities as well i really feel that all the support all the help that we can get for ourselves is just so important um especially you know in life in general but especially through through a pandemic when you're doing all multiple things in your life it's just it is it's a real challenge and one that you know is, is is something that we're all dealing with yeah just to like echo what you said like jennifer and joe and in terms of like you know what you were saying jennifer about sometimes you've just got to let yourself be and give yourself a break and i feel like there's there's a conversation to be had around emotional perfectionism or self-care perfectionism and i think that's a trap that 
anyone can fall into, including people who are working in mental health and working to support others is, oh, am I looking after myself in the right way or should I be doing it this way? And, you know, giving yourself a break to just, like you said, just realize you're human. And some days you're going to get up and do your meditation and you're going to go for your run. And some days that might not happen. And just echoing what you said around being compassionate about that and not holding yourself to an unrealistic standard is also like an act of self-care. I mean, I totally agree. And I think, you know, in terms of the pandemic, there is really a shift in landscape at the moment, isn't there? Obviously, for ourselves in the UK, uh, we're coming to a point where restrictions are slightly easing. Um, we we have a, a big vaccination rollout programme. Um, and But in other countries, in the countries where a lot of our students are, um, there are strict precautions still in place. Um, what can our students expect to be feeling at this time um, and what advice can you pass on to, to them for coping with change and uncertainty? Because we are all in the pandemic, but our journeys are all now slightly on different paths. I, I was exactly going to say that, Joe. It's a very unusual situation because there's, for one of the first times ever, I think, a really global collective experience. We are all experiencing the same pandemic, but at the same time, everybody will be experiencing that in different ways and you know I'm somewhat hesitant to say what students might be feeling because really you could be feeling any number of things at the moment dependent on where you are but also dependent on who you are you know I've spoken to some students who have actually really enjoyed being locked down for the first time they're feeling like they're actually more part of something that they than they felt in the past and they're worried and anxious about lockdowns easing in real life going back and then I've seen others who are very much looking forward to that sense of normality and can't wait to get back out there and go about their daily lives. And I think really the message needs to be however you feel right now, whatever you're going through, that's that's valid and it's okay. Um, and in terms of responding and coping with change and uncertainty, I think it's one of the constants in life is that you will always be subject to change and uncertainty. And I guess there's a couple of things that I'd suggest. Um, the first one being as far as you possibly can, don't judge yourself or benchmark yourself against anybody else. Um, you know, we're all on that individual journey and you never know where somebody else is on that journey that they're going through. And you're very much comparing your internal experience with somebody's highlight reel and the bits that they're choosing to share. So the more that you can focus on you and not draw too much on those around you, the easier you'll find that change. I think being curious as well about change, um, challenging yourself to step out of your comfort zone. There's a quote that somebody sent to me years and years ago that's never left me, which is a leap and the net will appear. And it's really kind of stayed with me that if you start to take those risks and imagine no life being outside of the kind of cozy um, boundaries that you've set, it, it can be quite an exciting place and a really nice way to be very curious about it. And then finally, I'd say, um, finding those parts of your life and your routine that are your anchors that 
don't necessarily move around with that change and uncertainty. So whether that might be for you um, a little routine around exercise or meditation, or whether it's just that you get up and read the paper every day, but finding those things that make you feel anchored and give you stability can really help as you navigate what could be quite a stormy sea. I want to come to you, Georgina, because I know that you're currently as well balancing studies whilst working here at the University of London. And Around this time of recording, a lot of our students are actually uh, going into um, the assessment cycle um, of the year. So I know that there is an increase of stress around assessment. Um, What's been your experience, Georgina, of uh, both studying and working? And do you have any tips or advice for others doing the same? Maybe even those that are going into the assessment cycle as well? Yeah, I mean... Doing these two things at once, so studying and working, and of course, outside of that, you know, life, <laughs> um, it is challenging. I'm not going to sit here and say it's super easy, like, you know, it's challenging, but it's doable. And I think for me, one of the, the biggest helps I've had in helping me balance is speaking to people to get advice and tips and particularly around time management. And how can I structure my day in a way that allows me to have time to rest so that I can perform well um, in in my studies and at work when I need to? And how can I structure that time so that it it works for me so that I'm not being consumed by the stress? And talking to people is probably my my number one thing that I would that I would suggest if you have someone you can speak to that you trust and that you find helpful. Um, I'd suggest doing something like that. And, you know, we're talking to the clinical director of Talk Campus now. If you find it difficult to speak that kind of thing, you know, going on to that service and ha having access to a whole wealth of, of a, a whole student community that you can express yourself with and, and share tips and things. I think be really helpful and be kind to yourself. I mean, even just studying alone is an occupation. So doing that is already something that you can feel really proud of. Like it's such a testament to your um, determination to get what you want from life. So celebrate, celebrate those, those victories and congratulations congratulate yourself for the small things as well as the big things thanks that georgian jennifer from your perspective what do you see as the unique challenges that students face with regards to their mental health um especially around um uh, assessment times yeah i mean i completely agree with everything that georgina has said and and actually you know we say so often oh i've talked to people and i know that personally i find it one of the most difficult things to actually open up and say oh you know what i'm not doing so well at the moment um and it's ironic again working in the field you'd think we'd be well practiced at it but it's not easy to start having those conversations and um finding places where it feels safe you can stay, take those first tentative steps is, is great um in terms of the challenges that students are facing gosh i mean studying is is just a massively pressured stressful time isn't it um and for many students they're juggling like georgina is jobs at the same time families um or for the first time ever they've moved away from home and um the responsibility to keep yourself fed and uh, sleeping well and fit and all of those things that kind of 
you were much more taken care of perhaps when you were living at home and now you've had this double whammy of um, studying the pressure of wanting to do well. You know, it's really quite a unique time in students' lives. And I think trying to, where possible, as Georgina said, be kind, take that pressure off yourself a little bit. It's not, it's not black and white and it's not the be all and end all. Um, studying is just about learning about yourself as much as it is learning your chosen subject. And I think also giving yourself that uh, permission to, to get your note, to get to know yourself, to grow, have lots of experiences um, is a nice way to kind of relieve that pressure a bit. I, I'd studied quite a long time now ago now, but when I look back, the, the main things that I feel like I learned were about myself and how to manage the world around me more so than the individual essays and uh, exams that I took. So try and keep it in perspective as much as possible. But I understand that's that's definitely easier said than done. Yeah. And just to add from add on to the sort of looking after yourself while working and studying, I found like from my experience, my piece of advice would be that doing little and often is good it's fine like for me in the past I thought oh if I don't spend six hours solid then is it worth it but after you know speaking to people I trust and to you Joe, I learned like oh little and often is good and since I've been practicing that that's been really helpful to take that pressure off to say oh I can do an hour this evening it doesn't have to be five hours so like practical things like that that you can put in place are really helpful. I have a huge calendar on my wall where I write all that stuff down. So things like that can be helpful as well. I think especially considering most of us are isolated and have been home-based and for students studying in isolation at the moment, it's really difficult to know when to stop and to mm. give yourself those boundaries and to say, yeah, I'm gonna do an hour's work and then I'm gonna go have a break, I think when you're when life is normal you naturally have limited amounts of time to study a, a bit more but now that's all been taken away temporarily yeah so being able to put in that structure even if it's setting an alarm every half an hour to get up and stand up and get a cup of tea and then come back and being um you know telling yourself okay these are the times i'm going to work and then i break and that break isn't negotiable. That's an important part of my study plan. And everyone works in a different way. I remember when I was studying, living with a house of, of girls who were very much wanting to work. They could work all day and, and not need to have too many breaks. And I was extremely different in that I needed to have lots of breaks and I'd actually be more productive if I just focused for 30 minutes and then stopped. And I think recognizing those differences and it's okay to work in the way that suits you. And if you force yourself to try and work in a way that you feel like you should be working and actually you might struggle more. Thank you both so much for that. I, I wanted to ask Jennifer in your work, is there, do you find that there are common mental health conditions amongst students that you work with? I think the term student almost hides a massive amount of difference in individuality, doesn't it? I think we will, students are True. coming together in that term because they're studying and that's pretty much where the similarity can end because then you've got so many different experiences and setups and backgrounds. Um, you know, there's as many experiences as there are students. So 
it's challenging to say that there's specific key mental health challenges that come up. However, we do see a lot of students who are really struggling with anxiety and are really struggling with depression. Um, I think the reasons for those feelings can be really varied um, because of the different backgrounds and situations that everyone's in. But I think when you bring together those backgrounds and you put people in a studying experience and um, you know there is pressure to do well to make the most of your time uh, studying but also there is a lot of pressure for it to be the best time of your life um, I remember the number of people that said to me you know university is just going to be the best experience you've ever had and I remember getting to university and thinking oh gosh if this is as good as it gets I'm not feeling great about life I I didn't massively enjoy it all the time and I think there is that kind of real pressure to feel like it's it's amazing and that you're going to do the best that you possibly can and, and that's very difficult. Do you think there are sort of common misconceptions about mental health conditions? Yes. That's <laughs> the short answer, yeah. I mean, I think there's a huge misconception that if you are struggling with your mental health, it makes you weak in any way, um, that it makes you weird or not normal. And of course, neither of those are true. It's one of the most normal things there is to struggle with mental health in the same way that you struggle with physical health. It, no one is going to be feeling great all of the time. And then I think there's also a misconception that it won't happen to you, um, that you're somehow immune. And then people kind of get knocked for six when they go through something and, and they realize that they're not doing as well um, as they were. And I think kind of finally from me on that, there's a misconception that you can't have a perfectly successful, happy, fulfilled life and struggle with your mental health. You, you can you can do both. It, it, mental health is part of us as human beings and we all go through ups and downs and some of the ups are higher and some of the lows are lower, but it's it's just, um, yeah, it's it's a challenge still, I think, that we have these misconceptions about what it means to struggle. Um, so when you talk about physical health, that isn't stigmatised like mental health is. So are there, could you suggest some helpful ways to respond to somebody who might confide in you that they are struggling with their mental health at the moment? Yeah, we're just not as used to it, are we? We're not used to having conversations with people about our mental health. It's, it's difficult to start talking about it and it can be really difficult to start hearing about it. And um, we don't get taught how to respond in the same way that it's very easy to say, well, if you've got a headache, why don't you uh, drink some water and take a couple of paracetamol or something? But I think if somebody does open up to you about how they're feeling around their mental health, firstly, don't panic. Um, you might not feel like you have the answer or know how to help them, but you don't necessarily need to. I think the most important thing when someone starts to talk about how they're feeling is to, to just listen and to really know that listening in itself is immensely powerful. And how rare is it that we actually take the time to listen to the people around us without thinking in our heads, oh, what am I gonna have for dinner? Or what am I doing later today? You know, it's very rare that we actually give somebody our full attention. So I'd say if someone has been brave enough to take those steps 
to open up to just really listen um, don't worry about what you're going to say next or what advice you might give them just make sure you're understanding what they're saying ask some nice open questions to encouraging encourage them to, to talk more um, if you're not sure you've understood just check back in and say you know have I understood that right um, don't overreact to what they say try not to judge anything just stay very calm and you know if you're not sure what to do next there's lots of places that you can signpost someone to but I just say focus on listening um, and staying very calm with them and Georgina when you're dealing with students um, who have shared that they um, have confided they have some uh, they're struggling with their mental health what, what 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 do you feel what do you what advice do you give I mean completely echo Jennifer here it's about like listening is such a wonderful gift to give to someone and being able to listen and accept without judgment um is so so powerful for the person who's speaking to you so for me I'd say listening and showing an interest you know if they're if they're struggling to say something let them know that you want to hear what they're saying and I think often people when they're confiding about their mental health might have a fear of feeling like a burden so I think letting letting someone know that you want you want to listen you know you're inviting them to because they mean something to you and um, is is a really powerful thing and I also think that you know, when someone's confiding or if someone's told you that they've got a, a mental health condition or diagnosis, I think it's always really good to bear in mind that that's just one part of someone. So if someone's suffering with depression, their whole identity isn't being depressed. You know, like Jennifer said, you can have a wonderful, successful life. You can still be really grateful for what you have and you can be managing a mental health condition. and that is a huge, huge sign of strength, you know. Um, so still treating your friend or your loved one like your friend um, and knowing that they're multifaceted and that they feel a whole range of emotions as well, um, I think is, is something that's really good to, to bear in mind. We're participating this week in um, Mental Health Awareness Week and the theme is nature. Can I ask you, Georgina, how has nature impacted your well-being yeah definitely um i love nature i love going for walks i love i mean my favorite thing is the sky and the reason i love it so much is because it changes so much i mean especially in england you might go from having like glorious sunshine to pouring down with rain or things like that and what i like is is what it teaches me is that it's okay to feel a range of things throughout the day throughout your life you know you can have a morning of feeling sad and that might turn into an afternoon of feeling joyful and being able to accept feelings as they arise and letting them pass and go like that's something that i just learned from looking at the sky um so it's it sort of helped me make peace with that in myself really that i can go through this range of emotions and it doesn't have to be homogenous or singular of okay all day today I'm going to feel fantastic that there's more nuance um, and 
there can be paradox. You know, you can you can generally be having a really tough time, but still have moments of feeling really grateful. And you can generally be having a really good time and have moments of feeling angry or frustrated or sad. Um, and that's what I see in the sky. You know, sometimes it's cloudy with thunder clouds on one side and clear on the other and you can hold both. Jennifer, can I ask you that question? Um, for Mental Health Awareness Week, it is, it is about nature, that's the theme. How has nature impacted your well-being? Yeah, there's something about being outside that I just feel incredibly grounding and something about having your bare feet on the soil can really help you reconnect and there's been a few times in my life where I've really, really struggled and I've always found myself kind of doing the same thing, which is finding a spot and just lying flat against the earth and yeah, looking up to the sky and just feeling the world turn beneath me. And it makes you realize or makes me realize kind of how small I am in comparison to everything else and everything else that's going on. And for me, I find that quite reassuring and helpful. Um, and, you know, I have the same few places that I return to time and time again. And so much happens for you in your life over the years. And then this nature is still kind of these places that we go to are still there. And they're, they're just very natural and very lovely and very grounding. And I think it's a really helpful way of, for you to slow down your mind, to step out of your head and into your body and to give yourself a bit of time and space to just be, as Georgina said. We're coming to the end of the podcast now. There's a couple of things I wanted to come back round on. And that is the fact that a number of our students are going into the assessment cycle now. It's a very stressful time and they need to navigate this. What, uh, Georgina, I'm going to ask you, what support is available to our University of London students? Yeah, so there's a number of things you can do. And one of them is to join Talk Campus. So you can find all the details of that on your student portal on the Talk Campus page. And also on there is your wellbeing hub. And if you go onto that page, you'll find a wealth of articles by students, by staff. Um, you'll find everything, all the mental health resources that we have available for you. And what I would recommend is we have a wellbeing toolkit on that page. And that toolkit is a reflective activity that guides you through the process of creating your own self-care plan. And I'd say in the lead up to your assessments where, you know, the likelihood of getting overstressed and really worried and really anxious is higher. Um, being able to have a plan that you can come back to that reminds you to do the things that help restore you, that help bring you back to a place of calm um, is, is going to be really helpful and is worth investing that little bit of time as part of your preparation. So definitely go to the, to the um, student portal and to the wellbeing page there. On our social media, we post reminders from students all over the world of what they recommend for looking after yourself and words of motivation. So, you know, if ever you do find yourself scrolling, have, have a look at, at what we've got there for reminders. Um, and also take a break from social media when you can. If you find that it's something that really distracts you, um, know when to switch your devices off and 
and focus. And Jennifer, can I ask you finally, our students are studying flexibly and by distance learning, and that takes resilience. Uh, what does the term resilience mean to you? And specifically now, as our students are going into the assessment cycle, how can resilience help them? For me, I always think of resilience as like a muscle that you can build up and you can train. Um, resilience is your capacity to deal with the ups and downs of life, to bounce back, to cope with whatever it is that life throws at you and building yourself coping mechanisms, practicing self-care, getting to know yourself and how you are and having strategies to help yourself are all part of building that muscle and, and setting yourself up to be able to cope with those changes. And as Georgina said, you know, setting up a kind of plan um, when you're going to go into a challenging time could not recommend that more that is such a helpful thing to do um, there's lots of different things that you can do to set yourself up whether it's you plan in the people that you're going to contact when you're struggling and you prep them or you write yourself little letters um, for various times when you think you're going to be struggling so that yourself when you're feeling well and powerful can give yourself when you're struggling a bit of a pep talk um, and that resilience is going to help you to be able to hold your goals really strong, but have some flexibility. It's going to help you to find meaning in your life, even when things throw you off course or things haven't gone the way that you've planned. And it will help you to see that it's not always black and white. You know, you might fail an exam. You might have to retake a year. Things might not turn out how you envisaged but that doesn't mean that you are a failure or that you're not going to go on and still find great happiness and joy in what you do. It's not black and white. There is a, a immense amount of gray in there, which is, is just as positive. And I think, you know, when you're building resilience and you're focusing on resilience, it's, it's something you have to put the work in on as well. And you have to really train yourself into building that muscle. Yeah, I 100% agree there. It's a practice. It's a daily practice to, to build that resilience and to care for yourself. It's, it's something that you invest a bit of time in each day. What, what would you say to anybody that is um, struggling right now? Um, if you're out there and you're struggling right now, I, you know, the main thing is we've, you're not alone. You know, I have days where I really struggle and I find it hard to get out of bed and when the world kind of seems like it's crashing down. And I think that we've all got to get a bit more real about admitting that every one of us is human and it's all very well to, to talk about mental health and to, to give tips and, and ideas on how to cope with it. But really what's very powerful is us just being open to admit that we've all been there. We all go through this. This is something that's very, very normal. And if you are struggling, please don't bottle it up please don't try and cope with it on your own or feel like it's not okay to talk about it and maybe you don't know how to talk about it maybe you haven't quite got the words yet but that's okay find somewhere where you feel comfortable to start having that conversation and, and just have a go and and I think by taking those first initial steps that can really really make all the difference so if you're struggling out there right now please don't struggle alone and please know that there are so many of us out there that are here to support you and really care i think that advice is absolutely perfect and suitable for everyone and i completely echo what jennifer has said we're all human we all have a story and no matter what you see on social media or anything like that remember that there's always a person behind that and as people 
we experience so many different things and you're not alone do open up and you'll find that a lot of people are really kind and they really want to be there to support you and of course as a student at the university of london we are 100 percent rooting for you and use all the support that we have created for you and that we'll continue to create for you and you can do it you can do this Thanks for listening. Just a reminder that you can find more information on Talk Campus and the university's other wellbeing resources in the student portal at my.london.ac.uk.